Okay, we might have a frozen internet connection with Zip again. Are you there? <laughs> Am I here? Hello? Can you hear me? <laughs> What's going yes. on? I'm here. There's a delay. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Three seconds. I'm later. having the Godzilla audio effect. Yes. We just Live need a Japanese voiceover dialogue. Zip, zip fell. Huh? <laughs> you look like those Sunday morning talk shows with when uh, guy got the uh, ear five second delay and awkward silence. Zip, zip the internet is uh, not working. It's seriously not working. <laughs> All right, give me a minute. I'll return. Hang on. Are you going to re reboot? Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point, I I set up this whole new shot. I thought you'd be proud of me. Did but you no. just sign? Did you just sign up with? Well, you look good, but you have no you have no internet speed. Did you just sign up with CompuServe or AOL? Did you get a free disc in the mail? <laughs> a floppy, no less. A new floppy disk from AOL, man. It I've is got twenty three. Uh, Mad says you look just fine. <laughs> Zip, you look good. It's a good shot. But there's like a three-second delay between everything I say. Uh, hey, Bob Flint's watching hey, us. Bob. Bob Flint. I'm coming to you from the Brick headquarters, uh, the Brick Studio, the Black River Innovation Campus, with gigabit up and gigabit down internet. <laughs> Zip is coming to you from Bedrock, where Fred Flintstone and Barney have chipped in for an AOL account. <laughs> oh, you've got that you've got the going, too, which is nice. Oh, All right, okay, come Terrific. back, come back. Yeah. Let's talk tomorrow. Spike, you're home, right? I am. And and uh, we're going to get to Bruce in just a second. Uh, you're filling in for, uh, well, you're actually. Um, yeah, I know. The mid you're not really filling in for Dory Monson. I, I, I just always feel like he's going to be back. I don't know why. I hate to say that. I, I do too. Try to find the best place to put this camera so it looks you professional. Look and That's very slimming. You should sit like uh, that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> You're sweet. Um, you know, that's the thing. I'm, I'm co-hosting with a guy named Jack Stein. And uh, last week, did it last Thursday and Friday, and then tonight, or all this week. And he's like, filling in. I'm like, stop. I text him. It's like, stop saying we're filling in. Yeah, yeah. So first off, just say, you know, we're the guys here today. Who knows who, who, knows who will be here tomorrow? It'd be just like say, a, a musician say, I'm filling in for Ludwig van Beethoven tonight. No, I'm, uh, I'm filling in for John Atwistle, who's gone. Yes, right. Yeah, you're, I'm just playing bass for the Who. That's pretty much all I can say. So, oh. yeah, but that's how that's where we are. Okay. And um, do you like being on Noon to Three? I love it. Um, you know, I mean, the audience is, it's three to two positive, uh, often more than that. Uh, but like I got like 60%. The, I, I, yeah, if you, I, uh, yeah. If you went to I public them, school, you probably still get that right. <laughs> Three out of five doctors surveyed recommend cigarettes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, there's, I call them the dirty dozen. There's like, a, there's a handful of people that are just, you know, you know, you're not Dory. I'm like, that's right. You're right. I'm not. Well, well, wait to wait to see through my, my grooves. You know, um, like I said, Hey, I love the guy. I, I was a friend for 30 years. You don't, you don't miss him any more than I do. So that's kind of my response to people. Yeah. You got to just let it roll off your back. And, yeah, and yeah. Uh, by the way, you remember when we 
quit at KISW. Yeah. And uh, a little be, uh, a little inside baseball. Um, we worked there for 11 years. I used to know how many days, how many hours, and how many minutes. <laughs> and uh, they were bought by a company uh, called Entercom, which is now Odyssey. And mm-hmm. we're, we're all good friends now. All, everything's water under the bridge. Yeah. But at the time... Um, our contract, I should say my contract, because I was the only one with a contract back then. Uh, it was due up. And the day it was due passed. And I was sitting in our little morning show prep room. And no one had asked me to renew. And and, and by the way, I should preface this. They had asked a few months earlier. And they had said, hey, we'd like to re-up you. Well, I'll give you a 3% raise or something like that. And, and, you know, we had, I mean, I'll talk, I'll talk about anything now. I think we doubled or tripled their billing. And, and I, and I said, yeah, I said, well, I'd love to talk to you about it, but this time I want to do a contract for the whole show. Remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. You kidding? <laughs> and, and I said, uh, you did have a contract. Actually, you had those one-sided contracts. Yeah. I had boilerplate. Yeah, yeah. Boilerplate. And I said, no, this time I want to do a contract for the whole show. And they said, no, we'll get yours done first because then Who's got leverage? Right. Yeah, lock you in, and we can either take whatever they give us or say goodbye. Uh, Jim Honeman says space shuttle too soon. I don't know if you yeah. saw this, but everybody's computer crashed as soon as we started. Nice. No, I didn't see that. No. I was hanging. It's my worst nightmare. Uh, a DJ dreams of like the record running out, and they don't have another record queued up. A talk radio host who needs a team in order to talk. Dreams of being all alone on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Welcome. That's my seven to 10 shift, by the way. That is. And, and yeah. oh, God bless you. I mean, you did it. You're doing it. Well, it's being done. <laughs> when I'm done, anything. No, yeah. no, no. Last week and several times on this show, when you've bulldozed over everybody and done your whole monologue, I'm like, mm-hmm. Mike's a talk show host. <laughs> <laughs> I can blow over anybody, yeah. Yeah. No, but (laughs) you can set up a story. You can do a preamble. You can develop it. You can bring people to a point, and you can captivate an audience. That's kind of you. I could only do it with a few people uh, helping me, and and sometimes I don't even mind if they're resenting me. (laughs) I appreciate your patience. You were very humble in that (laughs) many years. Anyway, so uh, I'll tell the story of us leaving KISW. So um, after I said I'll only do it for the whole show, no one came back to me. And our our date passed. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, if no one cares, we're going to quit. And we did. Remember that? Yeah, I do. Absolutely. You bet oh, we, we all walked off. Watching the podcast, Ed... <laughs> what the hell <laughs> you have that's enough like... <laughs> internet to watch us Ed Kelly that's that's like the anesthesiologist texting you during surgery you're doing great yeah. looks like the patient's not squirming at all mm. so anyway back back in that day i used to think um I, I used to be a little threatened by you spike did i ever tell you that no that's kind um, of you no 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 you're so talented that i thought oh this guy is funnier than me he's um ron is right we have just perfect chemistry working together. i said he's funnier than me 
um, you were, you know, you were ballsy and you were headstrong. Well, I was a volcano. You knew how to make swords. There's the difference, <laughs> you know. <laughs> anyway, we we just we basically just quit and went over yeah. to Casey. Okay, that was just that's just a crazy time. I guess. Yeah, I'll never forget that. What a, what a nice guy Clark was. <laughs> no last names. Yeah, Clark Ryan. You mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Nah, Drive me. You walked in and dropped seven letters on his desk and see ya. He's like, <laughs> well. Anyway, we, yeah. we went to KCUK okay, because they, they were interested in the show. And Carrie Curlop and Lisa Decker said, you mean we could get the whole show? And I said, yeah, I'm nothing without all of those people. So I'd have to. I mean, I wasn't being. People thought I was really loyal and kind and nice to bring the whole show. No, I was scared out of my mind because you guys, <laughs> you guys were my family. Yeah. Well, the next time we had to change stations, they wanted, if I remember correctly, and I may be changing it in my own history books, much, I'm, how Republican of me. Um, I, uh, they, they wanted, you some know of what? The people... You're not Dory. Get off our show. <laughs> Sorry. They, uh, they wanted some of the people gone. They thought we were bloated. Yes. And you, you, yeah. you told them if, if you think I'm, if you think I'm giving your money away for nothing, you don't understand what we do. Right. Yeah. So. Right. So you are you would do have some loyalty. In so you don't name. have a description under your name, Spike. You see, you see mine. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, I do. I thought. Well, it said Spike when I signed in. It's in the yeah. little window on the side. It's got. You it. can put a little title under it if you want to give yourself a title. Uh, hey, Lord, Lord, God, Lord Commander. That's Lord Commander. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, yeah. hey, uh, Dave, could we put yeah. a description for Spike? Yeah, I was just looking for that. Okay, what's your? What uh, do you? How do you want to describe yourself? Um, lucky to be here. Ah. Uh, Oh, seriously. Yes. If you By want the to way, this assessment is humble spike. It just breaks <laughs> my heart. Um, you know, when you, when you declare bankruptcy and, and eat top ramen for four years in a row, you will develop some fucking humble. Paul, mm. there's the F bomb. So it's I know okay Joe's, Joe, Joe's not here. <laughs> By the way, I've been thinking about this. So people who watch the show know that downtown Joe's going, he's going to come on like every other week or so. And, and he is, um, he said, "Hey, I'm a school teacher, so I can't be on a show that has f bombs." And I'm and and I'm like, and he was like my mother. He's like, "You don't need that language." And I'm like, "Kinda, but have you watched Ted Lasso? Have you watched yeah any modern popular culture? That word is no longer the. I mean, anyone who says, "Oh yes, you guys shouldn't say that," is probably loving Ted Lasso. <laughs> so, but then I thought about it, and I thought, my mother is in heaven. I'm sure she doesn't watch a lot of streaming videos, but why? When Joe's on, let's be clean. Let's not say that word. I, I can respect his perspective on life yeah. and what he's and who he who he interacts with on a daily basis. I'll do the best I can to adhere to that. Also, is your, is your mom also happy that Burt Backrack showed up? My mom was very happy that <laughs> she Burt was Backrack thrilled, showed up. Absolutely, I was so sorry to see him go, yeah. but my mom was so happy. No, Bert and my Backrack mom, night. my mom was in that generation where Elvis was no no good yeah yeah and so yeah she's the earlier burt backrack generation uh so anyway so we're not gonna swear when joe's on and we're gonna try not to the rest of the time just because hey. so many of you have said you thought that would be a great idea yeah i can work i can work without that color in my palette it's all good yeah spike has the kneel the knees for a kilt oh my god yeah did Does you show we, your I knees 
No, but I used to we used to play the impalers. I was working in kilt all the time. Remember that? Oh yeah, yeah. I had my kilt out front. I've got the knees for kilt. That's because I've been able to stay off of them throughout my whole career, which is really lucky in radio to stay off your knees like as long as I have. I'm blessed. All right, let's talk about Bruce. Um, the yeah. reason we hooked up today, and by the way, we were going to be on with Zip, who may. Here's the thing with Zip. He lives in a town in Massachusetts that doesn't have great internet unless you okay. pay. So they have ah. the bottom tier of internet, which is 25 megs. And I swear that's all Zip subscribes to. And then a couple weeks ago, he said he was subscribing to a different, and it was a wireless service. And I was like, this can't go good. Wireless services <laughs> get crowded. Yeah. Here he is. <laughs> Zip, you there? Get crowded. You got to turn down the speaker. Turn down your radio, and then we'll have you Good back Lord. on. Lord, <laughs> yeah. hey, first time, time caller, first time, time yeah. caller. Love you guys. All right, zip. Let's try again. Let's see if you Are you there? <laughs> zip. <laughs> zip now live from the Mars rover. You're on a fourteen four modem. Oh, wait a minute. All right, so you can see that's what happened. I want to hear my zip impression. Uh, so you're going to see Bruce Springsteen tonight, courtesy of my sister. Yeah. Um, I got to tell you, when, you know, it's funny, I had Charles Cross on today. I was doing the Cairo 12 to 3 all week long this week. And since Bruce was playing tonight, and we've got this. Uh, local treasure and really a national treasure in Charles Cross, oh. the uh, rock and roll um, journalist who's written the book on everything from Nirvana to Hart to Hendrix and beyond. He was the, uh, uh, the editor of the rocket, the local Seattle, you know, weekly entertainment paper. And he started backstreets, which was the Springsteen newsletter back in the eighties. When Bruce played, you know, in Seattle, Charles became a, a fan. So when, Bruce was coming to town and I had Charles come on this afternoon and talk to the audience. And we talked about the ticketing fiasco for this tour and Bruce is, uh, how Bruce got caught up in that. And you've all heard about the Taylor so Swift. We're talking about debacle. the Taylor Swift, the Bruce Springsteen, the dynamic yeah. ticket pricing that some Ex tickets were thousands of dollars. And yeah, yeah. $5,000 for a second row ticket when that's because of dynamic pricing. And what, what dynamic pricing is, is when two people are trying to buy the same ticket, the seller Ticketmaster will just start raising the price like it's a live auction. And the artist has the ability to cap what a ticket can sell for. And Bruce didn't do that. And by the way, um, just in case none of you realize this, computers don't have feelings. They don't have, right. they, don't, <laughs> right. they do not give a shrimp. Uh, and at that point, it, it behooves the artist to, to cap what his fans will pay for a ticket. So and Bruce wouldn't do the cap. Is it because no. he just didn't know about it or I, I we you know that's that's the that's what we're telling ourselves moment. This is a guy who just sold his whole catalog for half a billion dollars. So the fact that he likes money is no longer, you know, that's not a debating point anymore. Um, you know, and so and but Bruce's management, whether it's John Lando or Bruce himself or whomever, have never really come out and may have culpit it and owned that they screwed up. They just haven't addressed it. And a lot of people. Well, he's been that. riding around, drink driving on his motorcycle a lot, so he doesn't have just time. once, just, just once, okay. just once. Um, and he did that too. I know he's human. Come on. Anyway, he's a human being. So I who tell knew that Bruce story? was a human being, by the way. I didn't. Are you going to take down the altar and the statue of Bruce that you worship? No, 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 no. no. 
Um, well, here's the, the reason I bring up the story of the tickets and having Charles Cross on is because I wasn't going to go to this show. When these tickets went on sale for this tour, I mean, the pricing was out of my stratosphere completely. And Bob's sister, Patty, who's uh, married to a, her and Doug have been married for, I mean, longer than Lisa and I, or excuse me, Melissa and I have been married, uh, but not long as you and Lisa, but um, their daughter lives here in Seattle, Jody. And they bought three tickets for the Seattle show to come to town and see Bruce. And there's Pat, there's Patty and chiming in. Nice. I don't know. She's uh, already at climate pledge arena. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. just trying to get off this podcast so I can go down there. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, when is that, when should I, that, could we shorten that and just call it woke arena? Would that be easier to oh, say? Oh, please don't. Oh, God. The woke I'm sure you've made that the joke. The Woken Dome. <laughs> okay. You've made um, that joke. Okay. So um, anyway, I wasn't going to go to the show. I couldn't afford to go. When I was uh, when I stepped up, you and Lisa needed help moving across the country this summer. Um, I, I offered to, to do that for you guys, and and you know I didn't do it out of a labor of love. You paid me for my time, and you covered all the expenses. You guys were you, you were in a tight spot; you couldn't find a mover because mm. the pandemic had pushed everything out like six oh, eight weeks. You mean this has something to do with Patty being grateful to you for helping me move? Yeah, that's exactly when 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 I moved. My you guys sister is the an country, angel. Uh. She 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 did. She goes, hey, I, we we bought three tickets to Seattle. Then they found three better seats, and they, she gave me the first three she bought, rather than put them back on the market. When she and says they them. found three better seats, let's bring on uh, my niece Jody here, who is <laughs> actually—is uh, she going to the show too, Jody? I'm I'm going to the show. I got my mom's concert ticket from the eighties. Wow! I got the my, I got the eighties band T-shirt. My on. my daughter wears that shirt too, Jody. I'm ready. My, so, there you go. And you're a millennial. You're a stay-at-home to watch the world burn millennial. Yeah, climate pledge arena. You know. Let me just see, yeah. say this: What other generation of kids would wear a T-shirt of a 73-year-old's ass on it? Do you know I mean, what? When I was growing up, and I saw this in my mom's closet, I'm like, why the heck does my mother have a man's butt on a T-shirt in her closet? Because <laughs> all of America had that butt on their wall. It always, yeah. it, it always just you know, gave me a little pause, but. So this is my first Springsteen concert, but Spike, I don't know if you remember when I first moved to Seattle uh, years ago, you and I stood in line with our books uh, to get Do I remember? <laughs> Jody um, and I, the only time I ever got to meet Springsteen, Jody and I went in line when he had his Born to Run memoir and he was selling autographed copies in a photo op with Bruce. And I stood in line and remember, remember security had to separate me from Bruce. I was hugging I him remember. too long. Yeah, I there's a thin line between hugging and hostage taking, Bob. So. Yeah, so I, I so, just moved to Seattle, so I was like, it's, "It's pouring rain. We're here for half a day. How much do I love my mother?" Yeah. <laughs> so you really did get to hug Bruce. Yeah. You Me? Touch, you touched him. I I whispered in his ear, man. They literally came and separated us. There's photo evidence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I believe that. I remember this vaguely. What did do you remember? What you said to him? I said, I am the, I am the father, husband, brother, friend I am today because of what your music means to me. Wow. So you, you helped me, you helped me. Sorry, I'm going to get a little verklempt here. Said so you helped me figure out what was important to me. And I became who I became because of you. Do you think that's the first but, time a fan had ever told him how much they love him? Oh, I don't know. But you remember when I tried to give little Steven a letter and he wouldn't take it? Yeah. That's, that's what the letter said. Um, <laughs> The first time I got to meet Little Steven was backstage at his uh, pre-show Little Steven's Underground Garage meet and greet. And I tried to hand Little Steven a letter. I remember this because we had Little Steven actually played live in the studio, didn't he? Yeah. he. Yeah. So 
I try to give Steven this letter. He's like, I can't take that. He's like, I can't, I can't, I can't take that because it was like a paternity suit. If or you want me to legal. if you want me to take a bomb through TSA at the airport, <laughs> I can do that first. Well, I try, I try to give little Steven this letter, and he won't take it. That night at the show, my brother and I are sitting in the first row behind the stage, which where where we love to sit. So the fact that that's where your sister, where's where your mom's already, that's where the tickets are in his back seat. So I, I love that. Um, so I'm, my brother Kevin and I are sitting in the first row backstage. And we're watching the show, and little Steven looks up and recognizes me, and he taps Bruce on the sh- and points up at me. He goes, that's a guy to try to give me the letter for you. <laughs> that's, a, that's a potential stalker. Yeah. So, yeah. so, w- w- so when all I had to do was buy a book and pay a fee to go hug the guy, it was a small price to pay. <laughs> I guarantee you it's not the first time somebody said, Bruce Springsteen, I love you so much, because my mother says it, like, every day. Yeah. Actually, she she's uh, she's trying to hunt him down right now, I think. <laughs> so... Uh, let's talk a little about Ticketmaster. We'll come back to your your yeah. uh, worship of uh, the King of Rock. Of the boss, yeah. Of the boss. Um, this Ticketmaster uh, thing has really irritated me, and there is a, a guy who I'm a fan of who writes about the music uh, business. Uh, Jim says he budgets a grand for concert tickets each year, so you're not even going to sit in a so nosebleed. Jim, Jim's goes to shows alone then. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, and this guy defends Ticketmaster. And there are a lot of ways in which he defends Ticketmaster that I agree with. And I will write him a note once in a while about the things that he's wrong or the things that he's missing. And, uh, and what's interesting is um, you cannot change someone's mind when, they're, when they've taken a strong, wrong position it goes to goes for politics, but it also goes for Ticketmaster too. Uh, and it, it, there's a meme out there right now. It's a picture of Elon Musk. I don't know if you saw this. It says, "It's really easy to fool someone, but it's almost impossible to convince them they've been fooled." Yeah. You see that meme? Oh, the, yeah. qu- the quote is actually falsely. Ori- and by the way, when I saw it. I chuckled because I went, Elon Musk didn't say that. No, he did not. Elon Musk has stolen everything he's ever said or done. (laughs) We'll get to that. But um, but he so this quote has everyone going, that's Elon. We love him. He's so smart. He's and I'm just went, "Uh, you were just fooled. But it will be impossible for me to convince you that you were fooled. <laughs> That's proving the point. That's yeah. making the, the the meme. It's almost like a hack of human behavior that the meme proves the meme by being completely false. Anyway, with Ticketmaster, they honestly believe, and a whole lot of business people believe, that it's the it's not a fault. It's the it, the blame is on you, the consumer. And a little bit on the artist, because all of those fees are negotiated by the artists and the venue. In other words, Ticketmaster's not taking an unreasonable amount. What they're doing is they're taking the hate hit for all the venue and the artist who are... the See, the <clears throat> artists were getting none of the scalping revenue. Artists would sell the tickets, people would buy them up, and then they would go and scalp them as you get closer to showtime and tickets were scarce. Now... Hear me out on this because this is amazing. I've been experiencing this because you may recall 
we didn't have to buy tickets to anything for a number of years. <laughs> ever, ever. <laughs> Somebody hit me up today. Hey, man, can you give me tickets tonight? I'm like, dude, who do you think I still am? I'm not. <laughs> yeah, I thought, who do you think I ever are, was? Yeah, so those early. days are gone. So now here's what happens. A massive amount of hype sets up a concert and gives you the fear of loss at the open of the concert. And the way it happened for Taylor Swift was, oh, there's going to be a pre-sale. And I thought, oh, I'd really like to take my granddaughters. Hazel and Georgia would really love it. And I said, Keith, do you think they would? Oh, you'd be the best grandpa ever. Well, of course, at any price, I'll be the best. So I signed up the Taylor Swift fan club. Which, by the way, they should require a picture of me and say, no, I'm sorry. (laughs) You can't come within 500 feet of a Taylor Swift show, actually. That's right, actually. But anyway, I signed up for the pre-sale, figuring if I don't get Mm pre-sale, I probably won't get anything. Well, you know, the story is billions of pre-sale requests. So the whole idea of pre-scale and a verified, I'm a verified fan. Sure, I'm a very fan with a pulse and a credit card. Yeah, basically. And so on that day, I spent about six hours trying to get the tickets. First, the computers crashed, and they said we're redoing it in three hours, and then and I got nothing. And since then, I've had similar experiences with other bands. And what I've done is, I, I like I bought tickets to Brian Adams. They were kind of expensive, and then I realized, oh shoot. I'm going, I'm traveling on that day. I have to get the show four days later. So I'll just put them up for resale. And maybe I'll lose a little money. Well, when it came to reselling them, Ticketmaster wouldn't let me resell them for the price I had paid even because the price had dropped dynamically. So you talk about the prices going up. Yeah. When, when the prices drop, Ticketmaster drops the prices but you can't sell the ticket for less than you paid for it and so i tried to tell this guy bob Lefsetz, who writes this letter and apparently that's still not Ticketmaster's fault because that's all negotiated with the artist yeah. so Ticketmaster's thing is oh it's the artist that decides all this and they, don't tell lisa every time i say that by on the live stream now her yeah, friends call good luck Oh, yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing. I know she'll never have the patience to watch this far in, but one of her (laughs) friends will. Thanks for ratting me out. Anyway, that night, I I couldn't, I would have had to sell them on some other service, print them out, and try to meet. Ticketmaster has a monopoly. Yeah. So, uh, So here's what I've learned about Ticketmaster. Do not buy the day they go on sale. It's a scam. Yeah. Buy, this is crazy, the day of the show, three days before the show. You will pay what they're actually worth in a free market. I swear you can get it. You're going to get into Taylor Swift. I'm going to go with my granddaughters. Well, those, 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 you, those <laughs> you may be hard finding somebody willing to sell them anytime. Yeah, but yeah, on the, the day the of the show, sure. there will be people stuck with them. You know, no, one yeah, of my favorite true. bands is uh, testifying in front of Congress about this. Okay. About this is that the name of the band, Testifying in Front of Congress? That's a fantastic great, great band, band name. Yeah. It's, not, it's not, not the name of the band. Okay. The name of the band's Lawrence. It was the first ba- this first concert that I went to after like not going anywhere for the first couple years of the pandemic. 
Mm -hmm. uh, but their whole thing is like against this monopoly of Live Nation, Ticketmaster, everything. And so now they have this great op-ed published in the New York Times, and, and now they're testifying in front of Congress about it. But it's it's part of their most recent album. So that's <coughs> kind of that. I take Lawrence's side. I love that band. Well, well, Jody hit it right because it's it's the problem that Ticketmaster owns Live Nation, so they. The promoter and the ticket seller are in cahoots, so they tell which bands can play what, what they can charge for the event, yeah. how they're going to promote the event. They got too many soups. The, the beauty of this whole situation is that certain certain congressional members have granddaughters who are also aren't going to Taylor Swift. And that's, <laughs> that's why there's going to be change. You that's know what, they've why had Congress... enough things easy for them in their lives. I think they can miss a Taylor Swift concert yeah. or two. No, but <laughs> true. that's right. That's totally dead on, Spike. When you When you... Fuck up, uh, Mitch McConnell's <laughs> granddaughter. Yeah, you got trouble. You got trouble, Mister. You got trouble. Yeah, That's yeah. I feel like the whole blame the consumer thing, though. The blame the consumer thing uh, really, really rings the uh, oh. the, the oil companies doing the whole like, oh, it's straws. It's definitely people using straws that's destroying the planet. It's, it's not the oil companies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that what is the word for that? Is that a straw man? The consumer? Yes. Straw man argument. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. I, I tried really to... don't think it's the musicians or the fans' fault. I think it's the people trying to make money off of both. Well, but here's the thing: <laughs> the musicians want to make money. They don't want the scalpers to get their cut because right. they want a supply and demand issue. Um, the musicians are are in on it, but really, what's happening is by one company controlling all aspects of it, they get to. Uh, create uh and by the way uh, the thinking is consumers will learn if you burn their hand enough maybe they'll stop touching the stove um but i live in las vegas and i will tell you no they will keep oh. touching the stove because it's just like a slot machine to quote to quote bruce all but mama that's where the fun is yes yeah. <laughs> all right let's uh, uh do we have, jim we... jim texted in to ask if this is the first show i've seen since the pandemic and he, yes it is it is do you think short of, the impal short of the impalers playing this is my first go to a sit in the audience type show since the are you worried it might be the last no okay oh you mean well because of COVID or because of me um no I, I i mean spring bruce is do you think he's doing a tour until well uh... oh i lost you you got muted up oh. just muted i love this okay <laughs> now you're muted lost your headphones Springsteen security must have come in. And, uh... <laughs> oh, there we are. There we are. There we are. I'm okay. back. I'm back. I'm back. Okay. What was it? Do you know? So, well, no, I dropped my earbud when I put it back in. I turned it off apparently or something okay, like that. Got it. Okay. Oh, so because I said to Charles Cross today, I said, look, you know, when I saw Bruce seven years ago in the River Tour in 2016, I thought then this could be the last time I get to see this band, you know, and it was genuinely worrying me. Um, and I said to him today, I said, I think this could be the last time I ever get to see Bruce, but more so now that he's 73. But I think he's got a better chance of living to the next tour than I do. <laughs> I see. So that's why you're so, worried. So yeah. now I'm worried. He doesn't have as many stents as you. Is that what you're saying? That's And, and if yeah. I jumped around stage three and a half hours, five nights a week, I'd be healthier too. So there's that. That's, that's interesting. Hey, yeah. you know, um, other than Jody, who's young and immortal. Yes, I know. Knock on wood. You don't think house. that, but I mean, you know, we're all. I, I we're think all what, dancing in the borrowed time. Yeah. I think dancing in the dark. 
Yeah, <laughs> dancing in the dark. And I think that life is wonderful. That I mean, the fact what makes something precious is a scarcity. Yeah. And I remember feeling, I had crazy energy. I remember feeling from five years old, I better hurry up and get my stuff done because life is short. <laughs> Literally at that young age. So, um, yeah, I'd always feel short. Um, all right, let's move on to the other topics, which we had prepared for a full show. With Are you out of here, Jody? Are you going on the show? Are you going on the show? I, she yeah. can stay. Well, Jody, so your don't mom's, go anywhere. Do you your know mom's what? already at the key arena or the, uh, the climate pledge. What are you doing okay. at home? Do you know what one of the topics on the show was today? That we no. have no diversity on this show. <laughs> and she's about to leave. <laughs> you have to go. Go ahead. I'm I'm just here as the, the token the token woman. No, no we're the token old white guys. Would you like Would you like to hear some of my feminist opinions? What What, what would we like to hear? <laughs> are you sure? Are uh -oh. you sure? Hang on, incoming. Sure? Yeah, careful, boss. Um, it's funny. Uh, that's a fair. Uh, that's a fair question. Um, at, at being an old white guy, and and you'll understand this because you we love each other. You know, you know, I really feel this way. I can't wait for old white guys to die. They've messed. I, I mean, if Joe's not here, they've fucked up the world so bad that um, you know. I, I mean, it'll be sad for us, <laughs> but probably better for civilization. So um, I love that there's diversity now. I really do in the world, but not on our show, except for you're here tonight. I am. <laughs> I don't like thinking about mortality. I, I've got. I've got a. I've got better things to do, like go to concerts with Spike and my mom. Yes, of course. Of course. So, <laughs> so let's let's move on. Uh, Ed is working, for, or I guess he applied for, but he's going to be working for a weed company. And unfortunately, because of his computer crash tonight, we won't get to hear about that. Uh, but is, Ed is also he doing, is he doing spots for a weed company? I think so. Yeah. Was he a trimmer at the at the? <laughs> I don't know. He? If he was here, he could defend himself. Uh, but the other Ed topic that is actually a topic everyone brought up, and it's really an explosive topic right now. And maybe Zip, Zip, do you actually have your internet fixed? Oh, let's go. Let's go okay. see. You there, Zip? Yeah. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Lean over a little further. I want to see some butt crack. And that'll totally get rid of Joey. It'll match the T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. No, Zip wishes his oh, ass looked that good. Thanks. We all wish our ass me? looked that good. Yeah. Did you fix your internet? Am I here? I guess I, I look delayed. Am I delayed? You're delayed. All right. You're delightful. You're delightful. Right. <laughs> he has the senior citizen internet plan. They pay as you go monthly. Uh, he looked good to me. No, there was a three-second delay. Oh, was there? And then every once in a while it goes. Uh, so here's the topic everyone's talking about. AI. Chat GPT has been a subject, but uh, more and more in the past week, there have been programs continuing the story that AI is going to, and this search engine AI that both Google and Microsoft are working on right now, is going to be so powerful that it's going to disrupt a massive number of businesses. Part of the story that becomes uh, part of the modern lexicon, because it's easy to explain pe to people, is that 
And you've seen the uh, draw me uh, paint a painting in the style of Picasso and then AI, which is familiar with all of his lifetime work, can paint a picture of your dog the way Picasso would have painted or whatever. Right. Uh, and it's incredibly good. Um, there's... If I want a three-eyed dog, I'll move to Chernobyl. Hi, we're here all week. Rather than Thank you. Um, so... Or East Palestine, Ohio. There you go. Oh. <laughs> Boom, baby. Bringing it. Bringing it. Too soon, except you're so young, it's not too soon. No, it's not, no, man. It's, yeah. we're, almost, we're almost out of time. To watch yeah. the world burn millennials, my job. That's your <laughs> job, is watching the world, world burn. Yeah. Thank you, old white men. <laughs> um, thank you. So... So, uh, so here's why it's even. It, it, it that's what we can imagine because we can hear the stories of write a short story in the style of Ralph Waldo Emerson or whatever, and and it's about this and that, and and it can happen. I was speaking with a tech guy who got, shall remain nameless, who's global, and works for one of the largest banks in the world, and what this does is because these this new technology is almost like a brain it can learn it can it can basically you could say go fetch all the information there is and now treat it like an incredibly talented human being would and you know they'll talk about how to replace call centers well yeah that's not going to freak anybody out first off no one who works at a call center likes working at a call center so they're not going to go oh my lifetime's work is not going to happen <laughs> Um, but what it could actually do is, uh, so for example, in the computer world, it can write code. It could take code, say you wanted to make a competitor to Google or a competitor to Stripe or name some other big internet company. Jody, you're a millennial, you know of a few. Uh, thank you. <laughs> dork. Amazon. Amazon. Uh, All right. Oh, no, no. There's a good one. Say you say uh, this is a, that's an excellent example, which I wouldn't have thought of. So say you want you're a China or you're someplace else. And, and a lot of people are trying to compete with Amazon. But let's say you're Walmart and, you know, you just can't do it as well as Amazon does. You can spider crawl Amazon and you can say, build me something better than Amazon that has all their features plus this, this and this. Whereas you would have had to spend, you know, a hundred billion dollars or whatever in a zillion coders, you could do it with a fraction of that amount. I've heard estimates like one fiftieth or whatever. And, and so a company, uh, and you know, this a startup company, when they go for funding, they, it's how good your idea is. And then can you defend it if somebody matches you or comes after it? You know how everybody's like afraid of robots taking their job. We talked about like oh call centers, robots taking their job. And now they're going after Jeff Bezos's job. <laughs> well, they, they learned gonna, fast, didn't they? Who's yeah. gonna take yeah. money from people? Who's gonna take money from the consumers if everybody all the way up to Jeff Bezos is out of a job? <laughs> well, and and so that's the debate that's going on, Jody. It's whether it's going to displace and and put people out of a job. Uh, the pro AI people will tell you that anytime tech creates more efficiency, it disrupts existing business models and existing markets, but it also creates wealth and value at the same, the same time it displaces people. Uh, and then, pe yeah. And people learn to do other careers like stay at home to watch the world burn millennial. It's a whole new career.
Have you ever watched John Oliver? I uh, love John Oliver. Did you see it last night? I love him as much as you love Bruce. Did you see it last night? I did not. He covered this topic brilliantly. All right. He said, you know, somebody said, you know, there won't, this won't replace lawyers. They'll, you know, AI won't replace lawyers. They'll just be lawyers who use AI. Something. Like, okay. What this, we what, what's that? Can we pick who we replace? Like, can we replace politicians? <laughs> can we replace lawyers? Who, who would you replace? Well, what yeah. he said, what, what it's going to replace is paralegals, mm. the support system for lawyers. And there's a huge industry of legal secretaries, paralegals, those type fields, they will be replaced by AI. Yeah. Here's a whole new field that will come out of it that this person was telling me about yesterday. You know how we have disinformation and spin and media PR to try and corral people into um, belief systems and narratives sure. that make them manageable and malleable and vote the way you want them to vote. Well, already, and China was used as an example, they are in competition with the West, so they will need to create false information for AI to learn from. You see, and if you've watched any Star Trek, you know there will be an evil robot. <laughs> there has to be an evil sure, robot. Gotta be. Yeah, and, and and or even that. What's that movie? Wall-E. Yeah. Well, I heard somebody say AI. This is just the we're writing the prequel to Terminator right now. Yes. Oh. Terminator is a better example. So, uh, so the concern uh, in this discussion I had yesterday was not only will information be able to be thought of and derivative works created by a robot brain, but misinformation, mm -hmm. the double the double edged sword part of it, will also become more powerful and nuclear. So it's scary. Now, from the entertainer's point of view, and this is interesting. And this friend of mine said this to me yesterday. I could ask the AI robot to completely troll. Troll is the right word. Scan. Uh, what's the word they use? Oh, spider. To crawl every mm -hmm. bit of information about Bob Rivers there ever was. Listen to thousands and thousands of hours of radio show, which are all digitized. It could take a second. It took us a long time, but it could take a second. And... Um, scroll every facebook post scroll everything that has ever been existed and now make the ai bob rivers now no one's going to do that it's going to be taylor swift or bruce springsteen <laughs> or uh, people that but you can make a living uh with a robot uh, but uh it, it, and he says i guarantee you it would talk like you walk like you act like you and most people would believe it really was you in a i wouldn't I know the difference. Nobody can replicate my Uncle Robbie. No, what a kid. By the way, <laughs> Spider just crawled Uncle Robbie. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of my memories, Elon yeah. Musk. Yeah. So um, <laughs> there is a there is an expectation that this new technology will disrupt uh, so many businesses and so many things, but. Um, and I tend to believe the tech developers angle that it'll create huge business opportunities and, um, and that'll for create... a handful of people, right? Is that the problem? Yeah, okay. A few of them. 
These things yeah. will trickle down onto you, Spike. You're yeah, on noon to three now. You should start believing that. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, for the smartest people who know how to take advantage of it, and I don't mean that that's smart is not necessarily good. I think Osama bin Laden was incredibly efficient with his you know, yeah. abilities to disrupt yeah. trillions of dollars of uh, a nation's security. Yeah. And it, we've still, just a few box cutters accomplished a lot. And I'm, I don't say yeah. that as a fan. I say that as um, yeah, it, no, it's, it's the same evil, kind of a, evil genius. Yeah. It's fusion, nuclear power, AI. These things are that disruptive. And um, so can I see how I, already, even before AI, now I, I go into any business expecting to do contactless checking out with my phone expecting that i could order what i want and it will be there waiting for me um and that's going to look primitive because i'll be able to i'll be able to go oh, i'm going to be at starbucks in eight minutes uh, by the way this thing yeah she is listening to everything sometimes in weird moments with me and lisa um Siri will just pipe up and I'll go, what you doing, bitch? Where, why, how are you getting in my room? <laughs> and so um, you'll be able to just think, maybe say out loud, maybe someday have a device plugged in your head and think. That's probably down the road. But you'll be able to, um, just, you'll be able to just have a path to so many, especially frictionless business. It'll all just happen automatically without people. In fact, I'm just trying to think of what jobs pe will people still need to put the burger in the wrapper? I don't nope. like that. <laughs> I don't like they say the, the only profession left will be the oldest profession, Bob. <laughs> Which is? And there's, and there's, and there's a That's oh, my cue. <laughs> I'm too young for this shit. Do you know this guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, what? Okay, that I don't think that oldest profession will survive. By the way, there's a, there was a story today about a Chinese do, kissing actually. machine. You do think? Okay. There's a okay. I think that I think that all of these professions can and should survive because I think that human beings interacting throughout their days, not just the people that were like you know the families we're born into or our neighbors and things like that. Like human beings are going to need to teach human beings how to do things. Like human beings are going to prepare our food and serve it to us and interact with us. And I like seeing human beings. When I go out into the world and interact and, and talk to them, I like asking questions of my Uber drivers, things like that. You know, just imagine if none of the human beings had any reason to interact with other human human beings and there were robots in between every single interaction. That sounds like an awfully depressing world to live in. It does. Um again, as old white guys, we're very sorry. <laughs> we're sorry. So. I think that I no, I think you're right, but I think that human beings um will interact. It's just that everything else will be done for us in a frictional way. I think, uh, uh, look, until well, with the money, uh, until the robots actually become sentient and I don't know what they'll need us for at that point. And there's plenty of science fiction on that. Uh, uh, you know, I think that I think we'll be here. But what what will we do if you're not one of those big brains? I mean, already we see. Uh, you know how we used to have stuff manufactured over in China because the labor was so much cheaper that it was used cheaper to? to 
put stuff in a container and ship it here. It's still happening. But do you notice that we're creating our own China down in Tennessee where the labor is cheaper and we can build stuff here? Yeah. Say, speak, Jody. Prison labor. <laughs> Prison labor. Prison yeah. labor. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's not new. It's it's been happening the whole this whole entire country. You wanted a you wanted a young opinion. <laughs> the, the scary thing is when robots figure out that human beings can be rendered down into robot lubricant, then the that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, no, but where Jody was going is where I think I was going. The same place is that even in our society now, and I think about this. Um, you know, I'm very lucky, blessed, had a good career, have some retirement and um, not uber wealthy, but get to not worry as much as most people. And many people I know will never get to do anything like retire. They have to. Social Security won't do it for them. They have to work uh, as, as long. And, and, but as I look at the bottom rungs of what's supposed to be a ladder, there are no rungs. There are people in service industries and um, in the bottom rungs in a caste system and in some other parts of the world, they always know they'll be at the bottom. When I was in Indonesia, um, our cab driver was this guy named Putu. And Putu would pick us up at 8 in the morning and drive us all around Bali, and he would be our personal chauffeur until 10 p.m. at night. And I kept looking for Putu to say, oh, it's getting late, I'll get you back. And he would go, no, 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 I'll take you somewhere else. Take he would, it didn't matter how late. He works, you know, a 14, 15 hour day. And I didn't find out until I left Bali that his name wasn't actually Putu. Putu was the caste he was in on their Hindu caste system. And Putu was the name you called him, but it was actually like they do their last name first. And Putu meant you're the lowest. And, and by the way, correct me if anybody knows uh, more about this, because I just remember this story. Putu was the lowest rung on their social ladder. And it was an honor for him to serve us all day. And he would never, you know, and the whole day was $35. Lisa loved it, by the way. She was like, I was like, we got to give him a big tip. We had a car all day for $35. She was like, give him two. <laughs> because, uh, you know, she was doing a percentage in her head. But, um, <laughs> and by the way, if you're a friend of Lisa's, don't tell her I said that. But, um, but you know what I mean? I just looked at that and I went, well, if, if there's a higher caste, couldn't you someday be president of your country? And no, he's Putu. And, and so I, I just sort of see that happening in our country where, and maybe I'm wrong, but a lot of people, there's no path open to them. And, and, you know, we're supposed to be land of the free. You work hard enough, you can succeed. Um, okay, let's move on to something more fun. That's the story. <laughs> I do have to go. You have to go. All right. Yeah, I got to go to Springsteen. All right. Are we done? I got to go make sure my mom's not breaking Just because Dave always gets mad at me when we don't do all the topics. We'll do a lightning round, okay? Lightning round. Save for lightning round? No, you don't, Jody. You go. You go, Jody. All right. Bye, Thank you for being. Thank you for hanging out at the old folks' home. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. All right. Uh, everybody, if you just tuned in, because you can't just tune in to live stream, but everybody's computer crashed tonight. Um, all right. And still, like, no, still no zip. He tried. His internet is 
when he switched. Into? Did, did a nuclear bomb go off somewhere in the East Coast? I Hang don't on. know about There's it. Zip again. Let's see. Hey, Zip. Ah, Barney Rubble. I love it. <laughs> see, this Wait, is I can't hear anything. Okay. This is fascinating. <laughs> okay, you see. Oh, my God. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. All right, lightning round, Spike. You ready? Yep. Major League Baseball is implementing, this was Zip's topic, is implementing timers for pitches and batters to pick up the pace. Is this baseball falling tick, uh, falling victim to the TikTok world of short attention spans, or is this overdue and highly needed? You got it. It's absolutely falling victim to the shortened attention span of, of America and the world. It's, it's a game that is meant to be played without constraints, without time limits. It's a game that's supposed to take as long as it takes. It's the only game like that without a clocked timer. And baseball realize that they're losing their audience to an, an impatience culture, mm. an impatient world. And they're trying to, instead of making it seven innings or two outs an inning, I mean, they're starting extra innings. Now you start with a guy on second base, just to, you know, score him. I mean, that, that's what's going on for you. Yes. Has that happened? Oh, yeah. So it's been like two or three years now. When, when you get to extra innings, you start with a guy on so second. So when you said baseball was losing its audience, they meant me. Me too. I okay. think it's horrific to rush a pitcher through. You're going to injure guys. You're going to have a decrease in the quality of the game because kids ain't got no uh, damn it, uh, patience. Okay. Lightning round because you're going to Bruce. How would you fix baseball? Um, I would appeal to the I – would, I would recognize that you're never going to be America's pastime anymore. We're too violent a society. We have no patience. We like a shot clock, but that's not baseball. To, to conform baseball to a modern – perspective is going to diminish the game so Settle move to high school ballparks and and have a diminished audience and diminished expectations well, you, you're, you're going to have a diminished audience okay it's that's just what it's going to be or, or you're going to diminish the game what's more important to you the game or the audience mm. how much money is enough mm. thank you spike last thing i'm coming to you live this week from springfield vermont from the black river innovation campus uh, next week, live from the Sugar House, I'm going to record a bunch of videos there. I decided this would be more comfortable and warmer. Yeah. Um, as I got here to Springfield, Vermont, I uh, first off, being back on the East Coast, it, it's just a it's a different country in a, in a sense. But also being in a small town, which you grew up in Baltimore, so you didn't grow up in a small town. Mm -mm. The contrast between Las Vegas and Springfield is this. In Las Vegas... Lisa and I have everything we need within a three-mile radius. Eight different Starbucks, four or five different specialty coffee shops, um, 50 restaurants. I, I just go on Yelp and choose 4.5 stars or better, and we keep trying restaurants, and we're not running out. I mean, it's wonderful for convenience compared to uh, living in the country. Uh, my medical care is three miles away. I used to drive you know, an hour and a half round trip. So it's all... Uh, what we moved there for to be closer to the grandchildren, children have less to maintain, we go to concerts and all and hike. We have a mountain, a huge mountain, very similar to my hike at Rattlesnake Ridge in North Bend or a Scutney mountain here in Vermont. And it's right two miles away trails. I can never run out of trails and I'm rehabbing. So that's all good. But when I got to back to small town America here in Springfield, at first I went, Oh, everything's far away. Oh, I like this restaurant. It's 45 minutes. I like this. Oh, and it's a little town. But when I got up this morning, I went to the coffee shop and said, hi, Rebecca. 
we chatted a little and I said, oh, I'll hook up with Mike sometime and uh, I got to tell him this. And then 10 minutes later, Mike walked into the coffee shop. And then I went, because I needed some stuff for our taxes, and I went to the local heating company. I walked in. I said, hey, Kathy, how you doing? Kathy, Bob, it's so good to see you. Oh, I heard. I hope you're okay. I said, I'm fine. And then I went over to my accountant's office. Hi, Deke. How's it going? And uh, I got all the stuff here. And Deke said, oh, you did an improvement on that house. Didn't you do an air conditioning? And I said, yeah, I couldn't. I said, I couldn't find the receipts from that. And it was, I, I said, it was a, it was plumber. It was Hawk Mountain. And he goes, is that Tom? I said, yeah. He said, Tom's my neighbor. I'll just get the documents from him. No problem. And I realized yeah. that everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. And that when I go around Vegas, I don't go, Joey at Buca de Beppo. How are you? <laughs> this just doesn't happen. And so I'm torn between small town America and convenience. I just want to know what you think about that. Um, you know, now they're trying to plan cities, what they call 15 minute cities, where everything you could possibly need in your life is 15 minutes away. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's combating the overpopulation of big cities. They're trying to make it so you don't need to drive everywhere to do the things you need to do. You can literally white walk or bike if you, mm-hmm. if you choose to, and you can have the, a in theory, no more people like I'm talking about. Um, yeah, in that little community that is your 15-minute city. inside, You can have eight of them inside the city of Seattle's limits, you know, eight little 15-minute cities. Now, when you talk about small towns, it's, it's the sense of community, which we have lost in a big city. Everything's so close to us, but we don't know anybody. Know, we don't yeah. talk to anybody. You barely know the people on your street. You know, you know, when you're in a little town like, you know, Vermont, like Springfield, you know everybody in town. You know the plumber, the tax guy, the hardware guy, you know the coffee shop girl, you know. I mean, because there's this, that those people you interact with constantly because you don't have 20 different options for your hardware. And if you want to you know? see somebody, just stay at the coffee shop a while and they'll wander. <laughs> it's the it's hub. All right, yeah. last last thing before we go. Okay. The big topic was that we don't have enough diversity on this show. Mm-hmm. Luciana, how are you? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> First, I... That's the question, right? But I think I may be able to help you, but I need okay. to ask you something first. Sure. How much? How many people are there in that show? What show? That, the, the Bob and Zip show. Oh, well, right now, Zip's struggling with a weak internet connection. Say hi, Zip. I'm here. Hey, Zip. <laughs> hi, hi, Luciana. Okay. How are you? Uh, so Spike how many people go. are there? How many people? Uh, it depends on the day. It depends on whose internet works and how well we planned it. Roughly two? Oh, three, three or four usually. And how many of them are old white men? Guys, old white men. <laughs> All of them. Oh, All of okay. the above. Yeah. I think we do have a problem. Okay, yes. Can you help us with human resources? Actually, um, I'm curious how you feel being, um, what's the right word, uh, diverse. Oh, uh, it's um, uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 no, to be honest, this is this is the funny part. Pedro and I are now working in a radio group in Seattle that does mm-hmm. Christian and uh, conservative conservative radio, right? This is probably the most diverse group of people we've ever worked with. Come on. We are about 
16, 17 people. Half of them are women. About uh, three people are African-American. Three people are Latino or Hispanic in descent. It, it's like the, the most diverse group minute. I've ever worked with. But it's ultra right wing conservative, which would belie the stereotype about ultra right wing conservatives, right? <laughs> well, the thing is, they never asked us if we were uh, liberals or uh, or conservatives or if we were Christians even. They are very accepting people and super nice to work with, to be honest. Wow. And then when they <laughs> flip on the microphone, and then when they flip on the microphone, it's conspiracy theories, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them yeah <laughs> well and you just got home from work right i i had to rush so much i was i was gonna ask you is it okay if i don't see you guys because i forgot the glasses at work because i was running to get it's here <laughs> it's fine we had so many technical difficulties tonight zip just joined us is it working can you it, hear me it's working and you seem to have your internet connection back. What did you do? Okay. Well, number one, um, I got the computer that all this stuff is installed on from this guy in Vermont during the pandemic, uh, if you recall. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's part of the problem. I had, there was just a bunch of stuff running on it. So I gave I, you a hand-me-down computer from 2014 and you're surprised that it's still working in 2023. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I set it up, you know, initially when we first got started. So it's, yeah. okay. it's yeah. uh, old and in the way. So it might so not be days. your internet connection. I don't think, I think, no. Is it fine now? Um, fine in the way that Fred Flintstone was an okay cartoon. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I, I don't look like a Godzilla movie with a um, Japanese voiceover, right? It, it, it's it's really fine for 2004. <laughs> okay. Well, no, it's funny. You're too harsh. Luciana is a is a foreigner who moved to this land, and her and her husband made their way and and got a work visa and did everything right and became American citizens and took the <laughs> pledge of allegiance. Uh, and you, you have been sloughing along. You are. You are my entire life. You're basically, um, yeah. I mean, you look like you're barely, um, you know, barely I'm able there. to get on the internet. Oh, yes, Spike, anyway. Spike, you go ahead and go to Springsteen. Zip got his computer working. Um, well done, my friend. Thank you oh, so thank much. You. It's, okay. It was, it's, uh, All right. Hi, Lucy. Yeah. Talk to you guys soon. Hi, Spike. Have fun. Yes, Spike, have fun tonight, man. Thank you, my friends. Love All you right. guys. All right. Don't stalk him. Uh, you are the one asking Zip about the diversity in our show. And I've often felt that uh, that we need it. And it's funny when you're looking for people with nothing to do but, you know, play checkers. It's old white guys usually. <laughs> well, and, you know, you know how I came about, about this thing? I was thinking about minorities and, and things. And then I was thinking, well, Bob's a middle class guy from Connecticut with a Catholic background. I'm a middle a, you know, an old white guy from Connecticut in middle class, wasp, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. And, mm -hmm. then, and then I was thinking the only real minority in the show is Ed just being Canadian. I, you know, <laughs> so I thought I, that's how I stumbled upon it. And then I thought, wow, we really are kind of middle it of is. the road-ish. It is. It spikes as white as it gets, uh, too. Um, and I think that part of it is that I don't want to ask Pedro Luciana to that, like, I know they're working for a living and they're making the way up, 
the ladder, which I talked about missing so many rungs. Uh, and, and so, and even when we had Casey on or if we have anybody else on, I, I, I don't feel like I have the right to disturb a young person's life, life to come to the senior center <laughs> you know what I'm I mean? happy to come and read for you guys that's be really sweet so i i think what we're gonna end up doing is try and then here's the other thing anytime you try something new with this live streaming thing if something goes wrong you know it crashes but that's <laughs> part of the fun so uh anyway all right we're gonna we're gonna wrap it here i'm gonna say luciana we miss you so much so I, nice I, I miss you guys too. It's it's so nice. Every once in a while, I tune in and I listen to you guys, and it's so much fun. And it, it, this is the fun part. I'm actually at work and I tune into the Bob and Sip show, which is <laughs> it's just a podcast. It's not competing with the the airways. So you won't get in trouble for that. No. <laughs> so would you say at night you keep us from watching Tucker Carlson, or do you also find time for Tucker Carlson? <laughs> of course, I do. Yes. Of course. That's what she says at work. <laughs> All right. Uh, the fans miss you too, Luciana. That's going to do it for us today. We want to thank you. Uh, if you put up with all of that, we appreciate it. I am in Vermont making maple syrup. There's a little bit of syrup left. I think it's about 75% sold out. Uh, and I, you know, I, I know it'll sell out before I even get halfway through the season. But if you're interested, just go to bobrivers.blog and clip, click on the maple syrup uh icon at the top and it's a it's an honor to you know, overcharge you for something sweet <laughs> there's a sticky fingers joke in there but i won't uh, 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 can i close with this story uh, luciana you'll get a kick out of this i want to hear it. a story about lisa and lately when i've talked about her, about her on the podcast people rat me out and i hope no one rats me out about this but you know how you and Pedro used to talk about sexy time? Yeah. <laughs> that was their phrase for, you know, making love and, and being a, a happily, and you were one of the happiest married couples, but like me and Lisa, you guys squabble and bicker a lot, right? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, Lisa and I talked about needing some sexy time. And, um, and it's, you know, as you get, as you get older, Zip, I think you can back me up on this. <laughs> yes, <I can. laughs> you really need a prescription from your doctor sometimes. <laughs> a little pharmaceutical assistance. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, and this is going to get a little bit dirty. I hope you're, you're okay with it. And so, and, you know, when you're, I don't want to say too much, but when you're of a certain age, earlier in the day is better than late. Zip's got a smile of recognition. Anyway, so it came time and we got together and sans clothes, except Lisa was wearing one thing. A so pearl necklace. <laughs> and I said, oh, you're wearing a pearl necklace. And she said, yeah, do you remember when you gave that to me? And I said, I, I do, by the way, I remember buying her that particular pearl necklace. And I thought, so you're wearing 
the pearl <laughs> necklace. <laughs> and she looks at me like, what the heck are you talking about? And oh. I said, <laughs> right off the deep end. Yeah, oh, off the deep end. And I said, <laughs> I said, well, you know that pearl and she was like no i have no idea what i said well zz top pearl necklace and she goes really <laughs> i said i thought it was a sign i, I said never mind and, and then i said you do know about pearl jam right she goes no pearl jam <laughs> Oh, yes. Bob, now I'm going to have to Google all that. <laughs> Hold on. I'll leave you with one that's okay for you. <laughs> I said, come on, honey. You know about Steely Dan, don't you? I know about that one. Yeah. Okay. See? And she was like, <laughs> of course. And that one made it okay. But I, I was like, <laughs> okay, we're not going to talk about these anymore. Um <laughs> Some kind of foreplay there, Bob. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah. It, we're, it's quite Catholic how we end up. It's all fine. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, I thought that was a cute story. And I told her I was going to say it on the podcast. But don't tell her I did. She's a good girl. She's not supposed to, to know those things. She dated Steven Tyler for five years. <laughs> <laughs> you remember his record. Yeah. <laughs> Big 10 inch. Okay. That's it. No one's going to hear this stuff. It's at the very end of the podcast. Everybody have a wonderful, uh, wonderful week. And we'll, we'll catch you again next Monday and we will be, uh, in the sugar house. So we'll talk to you then. The Bob and Zed show with Nick Kelly.